Hi, everybody. Welcome. Today it is Tuesday, the 12th of October 2021. My name is Rita Q, and you're very welcome to the Recovery from Relapse meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to have Roz P. join us from New York City. Ross has been in OA for over 40 years, and I am now going to hand it over to her to share her experience, strength, and hope. Take it away, Ross. Okay. <laughs> Rita, you always make me smile and laugh. Guys, it's really my pleasure to be here and to speak about relapse. Um, you know, I've been in OA for like over 40 years, and you would think, you know, I wish I was one of those people that came in and just got it immediately. You know, um, I knew from when I was very young that I was a little different. Uh, I think the obsession with food started when I was like in elementary school. And I, I really wanted to be like everybody else. And I, I went to a very small grade school and there were like maybe 16 people in my class and I didn't get invited to somebody's slumber party, my friend Judy's slumber party. And at that point I decided I didn't wanna be smart anymore. I didn't wanna be a nerd at who I really was. I wanted to be popular. So when I went to high school, I don't know what you guys call it in England, but when I went to high school, I decided to twist myself into a pretzel. And when I started separating from who I really was, that's when the binging started. Okay. So my history with food was high school. I wanted to be popular. I wanted to be like everybody else. I remember hiding in the closet. You know, fast forward, I went to college, binged my way through, barely graduated from college, got out, moved to New York, and I couldn't... It's funny how, I don't know how everybody else gets into program. I really didn't get into program for serenity or whatever. I got into program because I couldn't write. I was doing papers and I was writing articles for a small town newspaper. I couldn't write and eat at the same time because I was writing and going to the fridge and writing and going to the fridge. So a friend said to me, what about OA? So I went to three different meetings. This is when we were meeting in person. And um, I said, what a bunch of kooks and in a, a creepy little church basement. So I went to three different meetings and on the third meeting, somebody said something. If you always do what you always did, you'll always get what you always got. Bada bing, bada boom, I said, aha. So I started going to OA on a regular basis and I did get abstinent. Now I'm gonna talk about during my 40 years, there were four significant relapses. And I'm gonna talk about those relapses. I'm no stranger to relapse. You know, when I first got abstinent, it was like pink clouding. I don't know if anybody else has been there. It was new. I was meeting different people. It seemed easy. It seemed so easy that I got complacent. So I relapsed. But I quickly got up from that relapse. And I, again, it was still new. I was still, you know, meeting new people, got a sponsor. I was working the steps, but I relapsed again. And that time it was easy to get up. You know, I, I really, Rita, appreciate the way you started the meeting with, we're praying for the people who are still have this disease, who aren't here with us or who are still dealing with this because we have to deal with food every day. I have to deal with food. I'm only one meal away from a binge. I'm only one, I can't take it for granted is what I'm saying. And then those first two relapses, I didn't know that. I didn't know it, I took it for granted. The third relapse, I must have been in program about 10 or 12 years. And I had a very young cousin who moved to New York and her boyfriend killed himself in front of us. I was devastated. I, I had mainline sugar, the pain was so intense. I, I, I couldn't deal with it. I just was mainlining sugar. 
So what I did was I remember I, I did this for months because I saw this and I, I, it was just horrible. So what I did was I was in a phone booth and I called somebody in program, I called a fellow. Now this is a shout out for, for people who are thinking of sponsoring. I called this woman that I knew from program. I said, Cecilia, I'm binging like crazy. My life is totally unmanageable. She said, look, I could sponsor you if you do something. Again, sponsors, she said, all you have to do is stop eating refined sugar. Okay, that was simple. And she said, take your binges and make three small meals. Well, that helped me get out of that relapse. You know how they have those slogans, keep it simple? I hated those slogans. But you know what? For a complicated person like me, keeping it simple was so good. I did it. I gave up refined sugar. Now, I didn't give you my history. My history of food is I'm definitely a compulsive overeater. I can't have one cookie. I can sit down and eat seven dozen, okay? I can cook a meal for four people, eat the meal and I have to order out. That's where I come from. I wish I was one of those people who said, oh, I undereat or oh, food doesn't call to me. Oh, I'm not one of those people. How I learned to cope was eating, you know? And one of the things this program has taught me over the years, whether I was in relapse or not, was how to cope. Okay, I crawled out of that relapse. I had four years of abstinence. And you know, when we get abstinent, life gets big. I don't know, it just got bigger. You know, I had my vision, I had my wish list. I prayed for the guy. I was in my forties, but I got the guy. So now we're going to these great restaurants. Life is getting bigger. And I'm like, well, you know, we're going to great restaurants. It's okay. Then he moves in with me. Now I'm entertaining his family. So I'm having these buffets. I'm having, I'm buying bagels and locks. And the weight is beginning to creep up. It's beginning to creep up. And I, I, I rented a house on the Jersey Shore one summer. Now, this is important to note. I only had two guests coming. I had a six-year-old and your mom. So... The rationale with this disease said to me, you know, that little girl needs a chocolate cake. You really should get a chocolate cake for that little girl. Now we all know that little girls do not eat a big chocolate cake. I hope we're allowed to talk about food. Well, they ate smidges, smidges. They left, I cleaned up. I was hungry, I was tired, I was angry because my partner wasn't helping me clean up. It was midnight. I got that chocolate cake and I ate them with my bare hands and I left a smidge. I don't know why I always leave like a smidge. I ate that chocolate cake. And that was the beginning of my fourth relapse. That relapse took me six years to get out of. I crawled out of that one, okay? That started, but the obsession started. That little girl needs a chocolate cake. Click, 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 okay? Then my partner got sick and the, the rationale went, yeah, you're caregiving, you're a carer, I guess you call it in the UK, you're a carer. You don't really need to really watch your food too much. I put program behind everything else. I'm saying these things so that we'll turn it around and we'll see how I crawled out of that relapse and what I try to do today. Well, he got sicker and my, I was saying that the dryer shrunk my clothes. I washed my clothes, they shrunk. I didn't think that I was gaining weight. I only looked at the mirrors from here up and the weight was creeping up, up and up and up. Well, I never stopped going to meetings. 
and I never stop praying to be abstinent. And I have to tell people who are still suffering, there is recovery and relapse. Now, I wouldn't wish a relapse on my worst enemy. Let me just repeat that. I would not wish a relapse on my worst enemy. The house reflects, my house reflected the relapse. When I'm eating sugar, my body physically gets warm. I get angry. I don't know what refined sugar does to me. Now, there are other things people can eat, but I decided coming out of that relapse to get serious because it took me, as I said, a very long time. I ain't taking this thing for granted anymore. So luckily I got somebody to sponsor me. My partner had died. He had been, he had been gone for about a year and she gave me a lot of time. I mean, she had me work with her every single day, okay? And I'm gonna say this again for sponsorship. You know, some people in program I felt deemed me when I was relapsing contagious, okay? I learned after 35 years in this program that I have a disease. So let me repeat that. This is a disease. I didn't ask for it. I just have an irregular relationship with food. That's it. Doesn't make me a bad person. But I do have a disease when it comes to food. Ergo, I need to take my medicine on a daily basis. I need meetings. I can't do it by myself. Now, my mother, I think when she delivered me, my mother was five feet. I think she weighed like 120 pounds when she had me. And I was a big baby. Her thing was, and she was a baker. She was the one who baked all the cookies that I binged on. Deary, all you need is a little willpower. Now she had a son who was a drug addict. She had a husband who was a rageaholic and she had a daughter who was a food addict and she had baked goods all over the house. It was like a minefield. All you need is a little willpower. And then she would bake meals for four and I would eat them and we would have these blowouts. It, dinner time was always a mess in my house. However, I didn't, I don't have the willpower with food. Now, fast forwarding to today. As I said, I really got an appreciation of abstinence after the six years. One thing that this, this last relapse taught me was I only am guaranteed sobriety or abstinence on a daily basis. I really can't take this for granted. Now, civilians I've noticed have tried to give me, I don't know about anybody else, they really do try to have me taste whatever they bake or if we go to a restaurant. I've had a nephew try to spoon feed me with some French dessert. So I finally started to say, you know what? I can't have that. Now, some of my brother's friends think that I'm really stoic. So finally I tell them, I said, you know what? If I have one, I can't have more. Or you know what? I'm allergic to sugar, end. It took me a very long time working with that sponsor after my fourth relapse to get the courage to tell people I can't. Oh, but I baked it. Well, that's lovely. I'm glad you're a baker. I can't, I can't have it. But that took me a lot of courage. Now, the little girl with the chocolate cake, when I entertain these days, the takeaway from that was, I don't bring that stuff into my house. Not only do I not bring baked goods into my house, I don't bring cheese in because cheese is another one of my can't have it in the house things, okay? It's like, it calls to me. Now, I'm not saying that it doesn't come if I do, if I order in, it's on the top of something, but I used to get like blocks of cheese and whatever. I don't do that anymore. My thing is when I entertain, if you take it, you bring it back with you. I don't want it. And I've gotten very, you know, people can say what they want. Remember now, I always wanted to be liked by everybody. That's what started this craziness. I really don't care today if people don't like my attitude with food. You know, you want it, you bring it for yourself and you take it home because I can't deal with it.
and I don't want it because I remember that chocolate cake. My mind does contortions and I try not even to bring gifts to people of food. If it's not good for me, there's alternatives, there's flowers, you know? I, I just, I, I don't go through all the machinations. Now I haven't touched um, the spiritual part. I think a lot of us in program feel, you know, HP's got so much on their plate. I mean, really, he can't deal with my food. You know, I mean, I'm in relapse. What, what good is it to him? He's got the whole world to take care of. Not. I did, during that last relapse, I did pray to get abstinent. I did go to meetings. And a shout out to everybody is keep coming to meetings. Who cares what people think? Who cares, you know, if you get there late, just try to get into a meeting. And now with all these Zoom meetings, we have no excuse. We literally have no excuse to get to these meetings. I never stop coming. And I have to tell you guys, I've met the most incredible people. My best friends are from this program. Most of the gifts in my life, when I came into program, I wasn't working, okay? I worked the steps. So despite the fact of those four relapses, I really kept doing, you know, to the best of my ability, the work. But that last relapse, the thing that prevented me from coming in sooner, I could have maybe cut the six years by a year or two. It was like, well, I've been in program so long. I mean, how could I face people? You know, and I know this particularly for people who are leaders. You know, sometimes we in a way uh, make our leaders these, well, they've lost all this weight and blah, 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 and they seem to have it together. Unfortunately, that's not good because we, we tend to make idols out of these people. We're all bozos on the bus. Whether we have a day of abstinence, whether we're here with no abstinence, we're all bozos on the bus. And I, I love the fact that I'm with all of you from across the pond. Whether we're across the pond or in the city, we all have this disease. I can keep a, a complete bar with whiskey and I never think of it. If I buy $100 worth of food, I know exactly where every bit of food is. And believe me, the obsession goes da-ding, da-ding, da-ding. I have an irregular relationship with food and it's taken me a long time to accept that. Acceptance also. Okay, so fast forward to today. I have been, as I said, my arrogance. So working the steps of this program, I had to swallow. It took me a lot of humility to come back and say I'm in relapse. Now, the interesting thing is people saw I mean, I was getting bigger and bigger. How I thought that people didn't notice that I was in relapse, so, but I had to admit it. That's the first thing. I came in, I worked, and I said, I'm, I'm really in relapse, I need help. You know, there's no shame, no matter if you're in a year, a day, a week, this is a wee program, guys, you know? And I, I noticed coming out of this relapse, I can't take it for granted. This is a person who gets complacent. My mother always said it, when things go well, that's when my destruct button comes on. I can't take this for granted because that's when I get sloppy. Now, that doesn't mean that I have a really perfect abstinence. You know, I wonder sometimes too, if people say that they're in relapse, you know, if you have like three extra peas or three extra leaves of lettuce, I think you need to talk to your sponsor. Is that a relapse? You know, I'm not, I'm not I, I just with myself, to me, abstinence is balance in my life. It's a balance with food. It's a balance with my activities. It's a balance with my emotional stability. This is a physical, mental, and emotional disease. It's spiritual. How's my relationship with my higher power? When I put things behind program, I'm in trouble, okay? And when I forget 
that I need other people. Like when I put everything behind my program, that's when the last relapse really flourished. So I need to say that, you know what? We're all bozos on the bus. We all have this disease, but we need to help each other. And I felt early on in the program, and I'm gonna say this again, people kind of treated me, some people treated me kind of ugh, like I was contagious, but there were those fellows who accepted me no matter where I'm at. And that's what I'd like to say to people today, no matter where people are at, we need to accept them because they remind me and I remind myself that I'm a bite away. And I think for sponsors, I heard this at a meeting the other day, it's tricky. I once had one sponsor, I think she was in my relapse three. She was one of the premier sponsors in program. I was binging my brains out and telling her that I was binging. I said, Harriet, I'm in relapse. Oh, honey, guess what? I had to fire her. I was in relapse. It was, she was too valuable of a sponsor. For sponsors and sponsee, I think we need to be honest with where we are. I crawled out of that, those relapses only when I was able to get honest and open and willing. And then I had a nun that I was sponsoring, a religious person. She, she wanted me to continue sponsoring her. I, I really believe as a sponsor, I need to have my program a clean program, okay? So all of these things come into play with relapse. I, I needed as a sponsee to tell my sponsor, she didn't want to let me go. You know, we were, she was enabling me. I had to like, I had to like fire her because it wasn't helping. It wasn't her helping her and it wasn't helping me. Eventually in her 80s, she went off to Elanon. You know, with a nun, I had to tell her, I had to say, listen, sister, you've got to get somebody else because I'm not clean with food. And I'm not in the right particular frame of mind to do this. So I just want to say also to piggyback what Risa said also, service is really important. Whether you're in relapse or not, you could set up a chair, you could read the traditions at the beginning of the meeting. Service is important. All of this stuff, it's putting one foot in front of the other. And I'll tell you something, the hallmark of all my binges was, I don't know about anybody else, when I was binging, I would throw caution to the wind. Well, I binge today, who cares? I'm just gonna continue. Uh-uh, if you're eating right now, well, you're not eating at this meeting, but if you're relapsing right now, you can stop right now. That was another thing, I didn't believe it. You can stop eating right now. And when I went to meetings, it was wonderful because I wasn't eating the food. At least in this hour and a half, none of us are stuffing our face. Is that time? Roy, how much time do I have left? No, uh, you, you've gone 18. Uh, go ahead, take your time. All right, because I'm gonna wrap it up, Roy, in probably about two or three minutes. Okay, so I might just get to the 20 if that's all right with everybody. I, um, I hope this has been helpful for other people, but I, I think the thing is that we have to realize that, you know, wherever we are, we all have this common bond and it's, it's really, it's something. And I didn't tell you that I have like 13 years of abstinence, which has been a gift. It's been a total gift. And um, the spiritual side of the program for those of you who aren't spiritual, whatever your higher power is, I prayed to a higher power that I would, that I would crawl out of the last relapse, I prayed, because I couldn't do it by myself, you know, and never stop coming back to meetings. And I think for all of us right now, like right now for today, I'm not in relapse. I need to reach out. I need to reach out to other people who have the same problem. You know, give them my phone number, you know, maybe take them to a meeting, although we're on Zoom, tell them about Zoom meetings. Guys, I'm gonna come back. I really do love, I love the 
the fabric. I like the, the feel of this meeting. You're all very warm. So um, I just think that it's so important to have these relapse and recovery meetings to keep it fresh for us, you know? And for you all to hear that I've had 13 years, it's not perfect. And I'm not saying it's perfect. I wish it was, but, and I didn't come in and I didn't get abstinent right away. So if that gives people hope, I hope so. So I'm going to end here. I hope it's okay for everybody but I'd like to hear from all of you. And just for today, just realize that it's a day-to-day -day thing. And all those slogans that we said, just for today or keep it simple, that keep it simple slogan, save my butt, because I'm complicated. So whenever I think of getting things really complicated, I think of that slogan. And if, if I'm really worried with something, I let go and let God. When I'm relapsing, I'm too foggy. I can't, I can't do anything. I just can't do anything. So I prayed though, when I was in that last relapse, I prayed, please God, because my life, while it was the same life, I didn't, I didn't have that fogginess. You know, everybody comes into program and says, oh, I'm a, new, I'm a new person. I don't believe that. And I tell my sponsees, because I work with two sponsees, you know, I'm not a new person, but I'm striving to be the best person that I can be. And that's what I'd like to leave you with. And when I'm abstinent on a daily basis, and I don't take it for granted, and I'm humble, I have a chance to be the best that I can be, the best that my higher power wants. So with that, I'm going to leave you. Rita, my dear, thank you so much for this opportunity. Hugs to everybody. Have a great afternoon evening. Bye, everybody. Toodles. Oh, Ross, thank you so much. And you really are the best version of who you can be.